0: ALG really saved me. I put all of my success on joining this group. People constantly checking in saved me.
1: I made so many like friends with people that I've never met, but I feel incredibly close to you and, and I consider them family.
0: It really is a family. It is a place where you can just be yourself and there is no judgment, there is no shame. You are so welcome there.
2: Nobody has to be in this alone. Everybody is either going through or has gone through the same thing at one point.
0: Let's do this.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the ALG Podcast. First and foremost, guys, please do us a favor and five-star rate and review the podcast. These five-star rates and reviews really go a long way, and uh, we really appreciate them. We've been looking at them, and we really like to hear your feedback. Uh, first and foremost, happy Friday if you're listening to this on Day of Drop. As always, I am John Arpino, otherwise known as J. Arp's Journey. I am joined alongside by partner in crime, David Fit underscore Rock Rodin. And today we have a really special guest. She is a member of the ALG community, Maggie Keto. Maggie, what's going on?
0: Hello, everybody. How are we doing? Doing good.
2: David, just how are you today?
1: I am phenomenal. I'm, I'm going to say phenomenal a lot today. I'm gonna say, I, just, I feel like saying phenomenal a lot, so I'm going to say phenomenal.
2: Very nice. David's coming off a five-day water fast, Eight. something like that.
1: Yep, did a five day, I finished on Friday afternoon. So I've had two days of food in me. So I got my first lift in today and did a little titty work and it was fantastic.
2: That is awesome. Well, we're not here to talk about David's titties unfortunately today or his water fast today. It is all about Maggie. So Maggie, for those that don't know, you've lost 119 pounds. And I wanna talk all about your journey because you are a guiding light within the ALG community. For those that are not involved, like Maggie is like the go-to with almost everything. I know that she's like the leader pretty much of the women's group, which I truly appreciate. I know that she's the glue that keeps a lot of them together. So I'm really excited for this one. Um and yeah, Maggie, please just just take us to the beginning.
1: I gotta I gotta add this spicy piece too, because on our community calls at any point in time. She can just be like, you know what? I'm taking over for the next 10 minutes. And I'm going to go yeah. spicy. And she just yes. starts like dropping bombs and just like yelling at everyone. Let's go. Love yourself. Yes. Let's do this. Yeah. And so I flip and love it.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, she is. She's amazing. She is. So like, I need to know soup to nuts, top to bottom, everything there is to know about Maggie. Uh,
0: well, let's start at the beginning, I guess. Um, I guess. So 10. Well, yeah, I've been overweight my whole life. Well, first of all. I, moved, I was born in Peru and I came to the States when I was you
1: You're three. born in Peru? I didn't yeah. know that. Very yeah. cool. I
0: I'm have imported goods, honey. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Amazing. So
0: I moved to the States when I was three and I grew up on the East Coast in Maryland. And I was a very, like on the outside world, it was the United States, but inside my house, it was very much like Peru, like 24-7, like hmm. just um, very animated. Our lives revolved around food all the time what are we eating what are we eating it how much are we eating of it like it was your typical clean your plate i had times where i was you know sitting at the table like well past dinner time because i wouldn't eat what was given to me kind of of a growing up situation which didn't <laughs> help things but you know um anyway so um i started gaining weight right around let's see i was 3 when i got here i think right around like 5th grade okay, i started cool. gaining weight and so from then on, I was a chubby kid through school. I was an overweight kid in high school. Um, I was an over, I was an obese um, twenty-year-old, a morbidly obese thirty-year-old, and um, so I've lived in a, in a large body and consuming lots of food and eating lots of feelings for a long time of my life.
1: And what was just I'm just intrigued? What, what was your heaviest weight? Three
0: hundred.
1: Three hundred. Yeah.
0: And. 10 years ago, almost 10, I guess 10 and a half years ago, um, I walked into, my therapist's name is Carol. So I walked into Carol's office. The infamous Carol. The infamous Carol. I'm so blessed to have her. She's really been, um, she's really been like, like the universe has brought her to me. Like she's my mother. Yeah. Very special. Um, Anyway, so uh, 10, 10 and a half years ago, I walked into Carol's office and I said, I really want to get to the bottom of my weight problem. Like I I understand, like I'm a very left brain person. I understand the analytical part of it. I can, can make the connections in my childhood. I can see where all this stuff happened, but please help me understand how I can get out of this. How can I take what I understand and get out of it? And I'll never forget, forget it. Cause you think you're going in for one thing, but they throw you for a loop when they ask you a question. And she looked at me and she goes, (laughs) she goes, Maria. Do you think that you have um anxiety problems? And I looked at her and I said, No, I don't think so. I mean, not any more than anybody else would normally. And uh, the minute those words came out of my mouth, my whole life changed. Really? <laughs> the truth is that your friend me is riddled with anxiety, and that's why I've made those choices my whole life, and that's why I kept sabotaging myself and getting in my way. And not really believing in myself that's why it never happened for me
2: right i mean okay.
0: i can remember like doing deal a meal when i was a kid like that Deal-A-Meal. far back yeah like and What's i remember
1: uh, Okay, can you richard, have to fill me in i don't know what deal a meal is
0: oh my god it was the rich it was richard simmons program at the Penn oh okay. richard
1: simmons oh okay yes. okay okay and david <laughs> loves richard
0: simmons i was a child and i can remember because <laughs> yes because at that time he would call some people like when you ordered his his program and i was at school that day and he called and he talked to my mom i was so mad i wow. didn't, really i know and she's like oh he called and you know whatever it was cute anyway fascinating like, Deal a meal weight watchers jenny craig slim Fest, dexatrim all the horrible things that you know you should not be doing to your body At the whole time I was trying to figure this out, I was trying to control what was going in my mouth, which is the number one why I failed every single time. Because Mm -hmm. what you have to control, it was what goes in here, honey, not mm -hmm. in here. This comes first, and then this follows. But at the time, I didn't understand that. So my work with Carol for the past decade or more has been sort of bridging the gap between the... the the negative things that i was told as a child and the person that i want to allow myself to be because when you're when you're sort of conditioned and talked to the way that i was talked to
2: right
0: it's really hard to to think mm-hmm. oh no i'm not that person or no i don't want to be that person it's really hard
1: and when you say that what when you say conditioned this way and what do you mean exactly what does what is when you're a kid and you're looking back on what brought about this, what do you mean exactly?
0: Well, um, it's, yeah, it's kind of hard to talk about, but it has- okay.
2: No, you don't have to, to talk, talk about it. Yeah, yeah you don't have to talk,
0: about. talk about it. So I'm just saying, like, I might cry, I'm gonna try to be a big girl, not cry <laughs> about it. Um. So I had, I had two wonderful parents who loved each other very much, uh, but they weren't perfect. Nobody's perfect. No ones are. Everyone, and in hindsight, now I understand that, like my father, who was the crux of my mental problems, um, was doing the best that he could with what he had, which wasn't very good. And that's just, it is what it is. It's It's—it's mm-hmm. just that simple. Anyway, so for me, the pain really came from my father, who was also overweight, but for whatever reason, thought that it was okay to put me down. Right. Um, whenever we would be out walking around and he would see an obese person, he would, and I'm a child. This is not grown me. This is child me. He would look over and see... Somebody who was obese and say, "There goes your future." Um, mm-hmm. And he, whenever I tried to look pretty and put makeup on, you look like a whore. Mm-hmm. And whenever I was just sitting around and doing nothing, well, you need to get it together because if you don't lose weight, there is no man who is going to want to marry you. I mean, I could go on and on about the comments. Yep, it was awful. And at the time. I didn't know any better. And so I thought, well, he must be right. Right. And not so you... that's what I've been fighting my whole life.
1: I love that. Cause I mean, just the idea of like, I call it sincere ignorance and it's like, it's always interesting most of the time with friends and family where they sincerely wish the best for you. They're just ignorant to the fact that they just don't know what they don't know. And like, it's crazy how someone can rationalize. All right. I'm trying to get my daughter or whatever to try to make the best out of her life. And so, the best way I know how to do that is to scare the shit out of her. Right. And, like, that, and like, uh, probably not the best approach, no. but based upon what his past was, is probably that made sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And he, yeah. He grew up in a different time and mm-hmm. he grew up in privilege. And I also grew up in privilege to a certain point in my life. A big part of my life, I grew up in privilege. And and he wanted for nothing and he was spoiled and he had no qualms about it right when we were kids he wouldn't like we had a very colorful life like we did a lot of travel with her we had a very colorful life anyway so um when we were kids if whatever activity was happening didn't uh interest him then he would not be involved mm-hmm. okay and so it was mostly me and my mom And when my dad would, you know, berate me over and over again, I would cry to my mom about not wanting to be a fat kid and being desperate to get rid of it. And my mom was, you know, she was doing the best that she could, but she didn't know what to do other than, you know, help me get deal a meal or slim fast or whatever. You know, we never talked about the inside stuff. That was, Mm -hmm. was really the crux of the problem. Well,
2: as far as anyone's concerned, there's no emotional attachment to food. You know, it's, it's, you're not, you're not dealing with, with anxiety and, 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 and all that. It's just, oh, you're obese. You eat a lot. You have to stop doing that. You know, no one ever dives deeper into what else is going on and what, what can be going on upstairs. So, so that's what brought you to Carol. And how did Carol make you realize that you had this, this like big emotional attachment to everything going on? Well,
0: the, a, a big turning point in one of our sessions, and again, like there's two things I'll never forget. The first was the first session of the anxiety question. And then the next was like halfway into our work, where I was I was a person who put everything and everybody first, except for me with no, I mean, I'm telling you like, at my expense, for right. the majority of my life without even realizing that that's what I was doing. Right. I was trying to find my value in my worth in buying other people's appreciation and mm-hmm. affection and, and approval of me, just because that was how I, that was how, like my subconscious said to me, okay, here's how we're going to cope. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a good girl and you're going to do all these things and everyone's going to love you. Right. Right. And so, and so also um, in, in adopting that kind of behavior, I became the person who, um, like I would be, be, I would beat myself up more than anybody else. Everything had to be perfect. And I was so used to having people knock me down that I started to knock myself down first. Mm -hmm. And so Carol was pushing on me one day, like, just like, why, why do you do this? And why do you do that? And we were just going down this, this sort of ladder of like, why do you put yourself last why do you let people treat you like garbage why 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 and then finally after all these whys and you know carol's carol's an older lady she knows what she's doing like she's hitting me in that gut because she knows that it's going to come up right, right. and eventually uh, my answer to her and i was just bleh, just crying you know i said because i want to beat everyone else to the punch because why I just want to beat them all to the punch. I need right. to do it to myself first because I'm tired of getting hurt.
2: Right. Right.
0: One Big of the biggest problem. things
2: that I said was, you know, I was the type of person to take the ammo out of someone's gun before they had the chance to shoot me. You know, like I was already making the joke about myself before you had the chance. It's a coping mechanism. And I think all of us who have come from a place of obesity, morbid obesity, especially at a young age, we learn how to do that very quickly.
0: Yeah. And it's it's interesting because. Again, we're not we're not adapting these coping mechanisms on a conscious level at all. Right. All of these things are happening in the back to just go into survival mode because mm-hmm. that's what our experience, our nature and our nurture is kind of telling us is going to work, even though it really doesn't work. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. So once we got past that, halfway in, like five years in, then everything just kind of changed for me. Um, I was always, and I still am to some extent, I was always uh, a rule follower and I wouldn't ask questions. I went to Catholic school and that's like a, another, a whole other 5 million hour show we could do. <laughs> uh, I thought that like, you know, most South American fam- families and people are very Catholic and I grew yes. up in a very Catholic house and I never felt like it was for me. It didn't it never resonated with me. I couldn't have the, what they called like the blind faith. Like I got all my sacraments. I was in the community. I went to the school. It was in my face every day, but I never believed it. Mm -hmm. And when I hit, when I hit like 39, I think is when things really took a big change for me. And um, I decided that it was okay to not have to be somebody that I'm not after all of the time that Carol and I had been putting in that work in my thirties, I was able to see that that was, we call her little Maria, right? That was little Maria who experienced that sort of not so great start, but now here's this Maria and here's what she wants. And so we have to change the tapes in our head and bring in different conversations to be able to move in the direction of a more sort of altered state that we want to be at. Because I I did not want to be that person anymore. So we started with a lot of work on anxiety. We did a lot of workbooks we did a lot of affirmation work. I'm a huge proponent. when I see Ange doing her affirmations, I'm just mm-hmm. like, woo, honey, all yes. day, every day. Yes. Here's the thing about affirmations, and Carol and I did them a lot. I didn't understand this. But so you you have sort of the backstory of like how my father was like a big, you know, hurting point for me growing up. And so if, if you sit down and you throw all of these comments that he was throwing at me for the majority of my life, a long time, mm-hmm. You're seeing, Mm -hmm. you make the choice to get those affirmation cards out or to read something to change the tape in your head. And just by looking at that card every day, guess what? You're planting a seed. Well, I don't want to have those conversations anymore. This is where I'm moving. All you have to do is plant the seed. And for me, it was a lot of hard work, but the simplest change that I did to my life. Was getting into the affirmations, getting the cards, enjoying the different decks. You know, I put them on my stories all the time. Um, they, they, like I said, plant tiny little seeds that eventually, over the years, you come to think, well, yeah, I do deserve that stuff, and yeah, I am that person. And what the hell is wrong with me? Why have I been sitting in this state of, of not loving and accepting myself? And everyone always says, you can't love anybody until you love yourself. It sounds so cheesy, but guess what? It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And love. And, and look, I was a part of the fat acceptance community situation for a long time. Because why? Because like all of us, we were looking for somewhere to fit because there's right. nowhere to go. You know, like our, our, our families make fun of us. Our, our friends make fun of us. The kids we play with make fun of us. We just want to go somewhere where everyone's like us and they understand, and they're not going to do that. I get that, but I never, but in my heart, even though I was, you know, reading books about fat acceptance and I was listening to podcasts and I had YouTubers that I watched like religiously in my heart, I knew that while it's fine to find a place and to have a home to feel accepted this, this weight situation. No.
1: Right. Not for
0: me. this is just the god's honest truth mm-hmm. i have i come from a family with diabetes and high blood pressure and all kinds of other nonsense in my mid-30s i went to the doctor and i had a ridiculous blood pressure i mean i can't even tell you it was like i want to say it was like in the like 165 over something ridiculous mm-hmm. and i was immediately put on blood pre- on two blood pressure medicines Nothing opened my eyes faster than that. Mm-hmm. Then I, after that, I was put on metformin. You're on metformin too. I was because I was insulin resistant. Yep. My A1C was just creeping. Yeah, creeping right there. But I'm Hispanic. I'm overweight. Family right. history. You know. So, so um, having those, having to get on those two medicines. The the truth is, look, it's like I said, it's great to be accepted somewhere. We all need to feel that way. Like, I feel like I have the acceptance through this group and this community. And that's that's part of my practice. And it's part of my journey. And it's where I am now, where I was then. I wasn't looking for that part of the journey. I was looking to be stagnant and be and find excuses for being okay to be on these medicines and okay to be eating, you know, ridiculous amounts of food because everyone's everyone's happy and we all love each other.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We, 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 love, we love who we are just because we're big. Yeah. Yeah. No, I
0: mean, no, absolutely not. It's just the truth. Right. There are a mazillion studies that were done. And any doctor will tell you that obesity will take you to an early grade. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. And so once I made all these connections, and then I made a switch in my career. I went back to an employer that I worked at many years ago. I had the, I had the, the, um, the knowledge of Carol behind me, the knowledge of my connections and my work and my affirmations and knowing where I wanted to go. And now I needed that, that push to get things going. So I made a, sh- a career change to a less stressful job. And the person that I was working for, he used to be overweight. The last time I had worked there, like very overweight. And now he is a bodybuilder. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And we had some conversations and I thought, okay, maybe I can just start looking at sugars. Let's just start looking at sugars. And so I did an experiment to control, and I can't remember how many grams of sugar you're supposed to have, you know, in a day to be a healthy human being. But I did some research and I started tracking and I'm not a tracker person because that was horrible for me. I hated it. But anyway, I I started saying, I'm going to track just how much sugar. And then the weight started kind of slowly falling off. And then I thought, okay, well, because I have this diabetes situation, I think what I need to focus on, my body's responding well to not having sugars and grains. So then I started looking into keto. And this June will be my two-year keto anniversary. Wow. So when I tell you that I have not had a piece of pizza or whatever in almost two years, I'm telling you the truth damn okay i'm
2: six years pizza free <laughs> oh
0: my God. yeah for east coast people that's hard honey yeah, yeah.
2: exactly amen <laughs> on
0: every corner yep but anyway um it became i was thinking about this today on my hike i was talking to joe about this it sort of became effortless for me but i mean it took an yep. effort but i found that satiation came from the meat yep. and the the fat and the little amounts of veg. And maybe if I wanted some uh fruit, I would do it. Right. Um, it just happened. It was, it just my relationship with food completely changed. I didn't understand. If you would have told me two years ago, you're only gonna be eating one meal a day in two years, I would have laughed at you. And <laughs> oh, so you're
2: completely it. OMAD as well?
0: Yes. My day is coffee in the morning, electrolytes and collagen and water during the day, and then dinner, that's it.
2: Wow. And okay.
0: I don't need anything else. Now, does that mean that it's a, per- looks like a perfect day every day? No, okay. because we're still fighting some battles in here. Like mm-hmm. two weeks ago, I was on top of my game, doing really great with the stress. I think we, we were on a call and I was telling you guys that I was happy that like I had not eaten any feelings yes. during yes. this transition. Well, that changed. This week, I was not, not, and here's why it changed. I was not, I was out of my practice. I was not holding myself accountable on Instagram. Um, I was checking in with the girls and just telling them, you know, things are stressful. I miss you guys. I'm sorry. I'm missing out, blah, 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 blah coming back. Um, and I started to eat when I don't normally eat. Now, I don't necessarily think that it matters that it was all keto food because overeating, Is overeating. Correct. So this week has been a challenge for me. But here's the thing. Before it would be the mentality would be like, well, can we cuss on here?
1: Absolutely. Fuck. Yeah, you can.
0: (laughs) Thank you. So before I'd be like, fuck that, honey, I'm starting on Monday. I'm going to binge on whatever the fuck I want. Right now. I don't have the desire to continue a binge for more than I can bear it, which Mm -hmm. is way less than it was before. And I don't know if that's because my stomach has gotten smaller or I'm just not attracted to foods that aren't keto anymore. I
2: understand that. It's mm-hmm. weird, but mm-hmm.
0: that's just how it is. Um, so this week I've been just taking it day by day. One day I might've done great. Great. The next day, this sucks. That's all right.
2: Mm-hmm. So can I ask you a question? Yeah. What is What is a day of falling off the wagon for Maggie look like? Because I know that you're kind of still sticking to a keto plan even when you're off the wagon.
0: Yes. Yeah, so falling off the wagon for me means eating outside of OMAD.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, and, and mostly it's, it's been because I've been transitioning with my job for the last two weeks. Right. And really I should have like, they. It's it's been an emotional week because it's been a difficult transition for me because I love them and and I really wanted this week, this last week, to be just for me, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't afford it. I mean, I don't know. That's like my choice at the end of the day, but like, yeah. it needed to be done. I had to be there. Right. Um, but it's, I've been going out to lunch with everybody. Everyone's been buying me lunch. I don't. usually
2: <laughs> eat
0: lunch. So that's a situation. But you're not.
2: You're not. You're not reaching for the chips ahoy's, and you're not. No. no. But like, see, this, this is what, this is all I'm going
1: to go with that. This is what's so funny to me is like it's still. Good. It's it's yeah. the well, It's the standard. The yeah. standards have changed. Yes. And like it's so funny that the binge the the poor eating standard of here, compared to like where you're at like omad keto standard level of is here, and then you're considered you're considered off plan is like here. Is, some,
2: is someone's really disciplined. Is someone's really disciplined? Yeah. Right. right. And
1: then someone. <laughs> <laughs> Like, and that's not a ma- that's, not that's a knock at Maggie at no, not, no, 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 no. That's, that's yeah, what's so yeah. awesome about it.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: No, not at all. It's, a, it's actually a testament to how that has changed my... my exactly. Impact. Because before, um, you know, a binge would be going to the 7-Eleven, getting three or four Jamaican beef patties. And Amen. Sofa, oh, you know, okay. yeah. Talk call. I'm
1: yeah. Talk dirty.
0: In my car, because I don't want anybody to see that I'm doing it. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now with that, what, yeah, you're exactly right. Now what it looks like is I'm eating lunch where I normally don't eat lunch. And it's not that I'm depriving myself. It's that my body says, hey, you have enough, just keep going, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I have lunch, I'll have a steak salad. I'll keep it keto. But I'm still having an extra meal that I wouldn't normally have, which then I had noticed last week, opened the gates to having snacks after dinner. They were keto snacks, like um, stuff from Keto Crate, you know, whatever.
1: This is my favorite thing: that momentum of that, that just like momentum and op, like the rich get richer, the poor get poorer, the fit get fitter, and the fat get fatter. Where it's like it is so interesting that controlling those negative and positive momentum cycles, where one little thing, okay, easy, then you pull back. But if you let it keep going, then all of a sudden it, it transitions from just this to then oh, and then if down. and all of a sudden you let you let that momentum hit for three, four days. And what Ben, what was just like, oh, I well, I just had a keto lunch where I normally wouldn't, and then it turned into, well, then I had a snack after dinner, and then before you know it, you had a donut, and you're like, all right, the idea of donut wasn't even possible until this momentum, this momentum, this momentum happened, right? And if you squash it early, it's easy, but if you let that momentum hit, oh my gosh, it's so much harder to come back.
0: It is, and do you remember? I don't. I, I, I would presume that the two of you at some point in your lives have had binges. I would. Oh
1: guess. yeah.
0: <laughs> do you remember that feeling of like complete, full and disgusting? Like I can't possibly uh, hurt. Else in here, yeah. But and then you
2: do it anyway.
0: But then you do it anyway. Yeah. 100
2: oh, yep. percent. And
0: sort of that becomes a feeling that I that that I would chase before I changed my life. It sounds weird to say. No, that. not at all. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. It's like, I'll, content, I'll, right? Because that's what I was used to. Like, right. bad girl, you know? That's, that's
2: like a druggie, you know, chasing yeah. the high and never
1: getting the high. And
0: addiction. You
1: know. I remember my, my my favorite was I would get a, and this was even in the midst of my transformation. Um, occasionally it would hit and I would just be like, just feeling like crap and just kind of blah. And I remember one time getting a, a large deep dish Jets pizza and a breadstick. And I mean, this is a, a large, deep, dish Jeff pizza. It's big and breadstick. And I remember eating the entire thing or about an hour and a half time period where I'd eat it. And then all of a sudden I was like 40 minutes in and I'm like, I'm so full right now. And like, there's still four or five slices left. I'm like, no, I'm finishing this. <laughs> and, and it would hurt and I would eat it and I would lay down and be like, this hurts, but I'm, oh, I'm yeah. going to finish this. Yeah. And yeah. so-
0: <laughs> It's just like somebody with alcohol or drugs. It's yeah. And then the next day- you're paying for it your Mm -hmm. body is bloated and gassy and you may have diarrhea you may be constipated you might have a headache you you just feel disgusting like Mm -hmm. like i don't want to feel that way anymore
1: no right but it is fascinating how you can how this is this the whole point of like alg i think is so important i think it's what's going to make this community so incredible is because we acknowledge it we don't resent it and we don't and we don't go against. Um, Excuse me. We don't sit here and judge people in these positions. But isn't it fascinating how humans and ourselves and we can do things that hurt us and physically hurt us in the moment, and we do it anyways? Absolutely. It's just fascinating. Like I know this pizza is gonna hurt, but I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: that's fascinating. Because that's because that's our narrative. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm just. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No,
2: we no, have, no, not at all.
0: It's a narrative that we have to fight no matter what our binges look like now no matter what my binge looks like now the binge is still happening so that narrative is still lingering and so we need to continue to do that work and having a a platform like ALG and a community like ALG where we can all talk about the realness of a binge okay without any shame or fear of judgment is crucial to taking the shame away from it which gives it power over us Mm -hmm. I have goosebumps
2: (laughs) I love you. You're just, you're so amazing and so real. And what I was going to say was I just find it so fascinating and empowering your discipline. He said fascinating. Like your discipline. Sure. Your, your discipline in the fact of even on, you know, even off the wagon, it's just, it's so clean, you know, like I kind of feel like I'm, I'm very much the same way. Like when I, quote unquote, have a binge now. It's not like I'm grabbing Lay's potato chips. I'm grabbing a bag of Doritos. I'm doing this. I'm doing, I stick to what I do and I maybe go a little more overboard. You know what I mean? It's like I reach for an extra bag of moon cheese or I grab another quest, you know, more quest chips or something like that. But I'm never, my off the wagon is still someone's very disciplined. And that's what I find so fascinating about us now because at one point in time, we were very bad all 100%. of us combined the three of us 100 very bad yeah. you know and that's just a testament to show change is possible that Absolutely. we really can rewire this thing up here that has drove us crazy for so long that made us self-sabotage ourselves time and time again we can create we can we can excuse me we can correct that like there's people out there that don't realize how it's much possible. correction yeah that it's possible and I think that you do a great job of showing that to to the ALG community and to the ladies within ALG.
1: You know, one of the things that uh, that hit me really hard, going way back, like ten minutes ago, fifteen minutes ago, in this conversation, that I think it it is so essential. It's you did you do one of the one of the things that I love to do, which is I speak about my previous self in the third person, so do I. like mm-hmm. like it's like four hundred pound David, and like you had made that statement of like. Yeah. My previous life, like who I used to be. And I think it is so, so yeah. important and how even people that have the massive transformations haven't done it yet. Yeah, exactly. And they haven't like what, what like the word decision, decision, incision or to cut decision means to cut off any other option to cut off. The past and until you've made the decision as in to cut off who you used to be if you always sit in this middle ground of like well it's like you're always like it's you're going to hold on to this it's like no the decision that the past of who you once were is done I'm remaking who I am I'm going to rename her I'm going to rename him I'm going to call him 400 pound david i'm gonna call fit d rock fit d rock and i'm recreating myself it, that decision is so huge when it comes to the sustainability of the
2: change I think so it, let me ask you me. something is that is that door closed for you do you feel comfortable enough saying that that door is closed to you like the past and ever going you know ever going in reverse and going well, back to little maria and stuff like that
0: no i uh, do I feel like I'm ever going to revert to that? No, and here's how I know that, I've, that I did the work right up here first, because when I had my first, I lost all the bulk of my weight during co- the quarantine period where you couldn't shop or anything. And when I had the first cleaning out of my closet, i when I tell you that like 90% of my closet has left, I'm not kidding. And I knew I was doing the right thing. And I knew I was in the right frame of mind because even at what I felt was that early point to get rid of that, I had zero hesitation at that point that I was ever going back to that life right. ever.
1: So question no. real quick, what was your timeline for losing the 119 pounds?
0: So in the two years that I've been keto, I've lost a hundred pounds. Okay. Oh, okay 19 of those pounds was before that when i was just kind of like
2: finding okay. who you were
0: like whole 30 um but not really any lower of-
1: glycemic trying to control yeah. the sugar yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. i know i could talk about like the science behind this for, for science. i mean i know all oh of- yeah
2: let's 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 talk naughty let's talk science Come on.
0: <laughs> <I> <laughs> what was your
2: favorite uh fad diet because i know you've probably been through all of them like i have
0: my favorite and then yeah. like one that works, you know, No, keto. like
2: as a, as a joke.
0: <laughs> oh, my favorite. Um, I would have to say weight watchers. Me and too. Was favorite,
2: I was hoping you that said that
0: popular opinion, but yeah. Like when I first started trying to figure out what the hell a macro was and how right. keto fit into that, I got this app on my phone to track stuff and I did it for one week just so I could have a visual of what it looks like and that's it. I don't track any food Neither do I. at all. I have taught myself through knowing what I'm allowed to eat, what's mm-hmm. healthy, when to eat and and what portion size to eat. So I don't deprive myself. If I want grapes or berries, I will have grapes and berries. There's no deprivation. Get I it mean, girl. That's what you have to do because guess what? Every other time when we put ourselves in a corner with points and calories and exactly. this, this is just for me, it's different for everybody but you know we are basically starting by saying that we're denying ourselves and we do not want to be denied honey no 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 i
2: have a very big rule you don't limit me you know what i'm saying i hate feeling limited
0: you put something in front of me and tell me i can't have it i'm gonna get
2: i'm gonna have it yep absolutely no one puts baby in a corner you know what i'm saying
1: Hey, John, I don't think you're physically pay- capable of being on time to a call. So, yeah, I just but I just, do, I just do
2: it because I hate you. <laughs> it's not because I can, it's just because I hate you. <laughs> I sit here. That's called and reverse psychology, I'll all, boys. And girls. I'll, be all, I'll be all set up and I wait. <laughs> and I wait I'm for a minute after anyway. the time just so David can text me and be like, hey, by the way, we're in the Zoom call. Yeah, mm. I know, David.
0: I know. See that he needs you, David.
1: <laughs> it drives me
2: Bonkers! I do it on purpose because I love you. <laughs> I'll be sitting here. I swear to God, everything will be all nicely nice. And I'll just be like, "He's gonna text me." And yep, here it he comes. Up, uh, ding! Fit <laughs> D-Rock. Hey man, I just want to let you know we're uh, we're ready. We're, we're on. We're on. <laughs> and I'll be like, "Yeah, really good." We're, yep, here I come. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> the truth is out, everyone. Oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> so anyway, back back to Maggie. Um, so. Favorite fad diet, we said that. Um, actually I'm really I wanna just kind of go backwards for a second because I'm very intrigued. Um, Peruvian cuisine. Yeah, what, what did that, that look like, like, like growing up? Because like I come from an old school Italian family, so like I know what that's like, but will take take me through what that what you it's know like your Italian background
0: food, is. But substitute pasta for potatoes and rice. Oh, really? Potatoes and rice. It's okay. Carb heavy. I mean, okay. and it's good and it's rich and it's mm fattening. There are a lot of parts of it that are actually quite good on keto, but no, like the, the amount of starch. Oh yeah. Forget Hmm. about
2: Hmm. it. Go to though, back in the day, what was your go-to dish?
0: My Peruvian dish? Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many. I don't know. I could tell you, but you might, this is okay. Ready? Here it goes. All right. This is how you make it. So you take lima beans and you cook them so we know lima beans, beans are already, they're fibrous, but there's there's a debate on, on fiber that is neither here nor there. Right. Anyway, they're fibrous. So you mm-hmm. boil them in a pot with chicken stock and raw strips of bacon, like a whole pack of bacon. You just boil it hmm. and salt, pepper, and a couple other Peruvian spices. And then you mix it all. You blend it all like a mashed potato. Okay. Kind of consistency. And then... If that's not carby enough, you put it over rice.
2: Really? Yes. So we do the same thing, except it's not lima beans, it's peas. And then it goes over macaroni.
0: Oh, yep. oh okay. Bacon I'm- and all.
2: It's the same exact thing. Oh,
0: yeah. So you don't see the bacon in it, but mm-hmm. you
2: sort taste it. So you guys have your heritage
1: food, and I just eat Taco Bell.
2: That's because you're super white. No, I'm kidding.
0: We'll come cook for you.
2: <laughs> super, super white. <laughs> Meet the Johnson's dun, wife. Dun, dun, dun. I'm sorry, guys. I'm
0: super <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm really not, but I'm sorry.
1: Oh. Yeah, <laughs> no, I fun. don't eat very much
2: Peruvian food anymore. I, I really don't eat much Italian food anymore yeah. either. I miss it. But um, so, Maggie, I want to know first of all, because I keep bragging about how important you are to ALG, but I don't know what brought you to ALG. Yeah.
1: I don't either. Uh,
0: Yeah. Um, well, I, when I first got on Instagram a year and a half ago, I got on there because I wanted to find like-minded people in, in keto community to figure out what they're doing and what's working and learn about, you know, OMAD and carnivore and all these Mm -hmm. other things. So I got on there and I met Josh. Okay. And, um, I think Josh's handle is the Pell's renovation. Yes. So Josh and I became very good friends and he's been a really awesome support for me and a good sounding board and just, a, he's a, just a good human being. And so um, we were talking one day, like six or seven months ago. And I said to him, Josh, wouldn't it be awesome if we could start like a group where we could zoom with like a couple of people who are doing keto and just wanted to like support each other and just listen to each other talk. And he was like, yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And we talked about it for a minute, but then, you know, life kind of life happens and you just keep going. And then six months later, he's like, hey, remember six months ago when you talked about this group? And he's like, I just heard about this group. Are you interested? And I'm like, hell, yes, I'm interested. Let's get in there. (laughs) And so Josh was kind enough to bring me in there with him. And that's how I got to meet all the ladies and all of you and listen to everybody's stories. And and, um, it's been super for me, like in this community, like I would never have posted any of those, like, pull up your shirt, look to the side, belly pictures <laughs> or front belly. Never. Um, but all of the ladies, like from day one, they just embrace it. It's like, like my thing this year is to be done with shame. And so every little step I take closer in that direction in normalizing not for others, but for me, this body looks like this. And that's okay, because there's only one me. And, and let's celebrate that. And all of the ladies of ALG are so good about that. In whatever form or state they might be, if they're happy with themselves, if they're unhappy with themselves, it's there, they're completely transparent. Well, well if they can do it, I can certainly do it. This is just skin, yeah. it's skin, yeah. that's it.
2: It's crazy it's, to think, but I really feel as though that the ladies of ALG are kind of more transparent than some of the men. A hundred
1: percent, not even a question. You know? that's not, yeah, even, a not even. Yeah, I think about the the men's community chat. I love it to death, but it's it's pretty sad.
2: It's oh. yeah, no, but the ladies are very transparent with everything that they do, where they're at, and you know the stage of the game, and I think it's very refreshing. It um, is.
0: I would agree. It almost it almost is so refreshing that if you're a person, a new person coming into it. Or maybe if you need a little bit of a boost, it sort of gives you permission to just kind of put your guard down and be yes. okay with just being who you are. Yes. Like when we do the Thursday night calls with the ladies, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm in the hair and makeup room getting ready for bedtime. I, okay, <laughs> girls, I'm getting dressed. You know, it's, it's like we're all there together, you know, and and we're in community and there's zero judgment and we talk about everything. And the thing is, like, ALG is not just for weight loss.
1: No, no. It's for
0: everything because our, the dysfunction that started up here, that ended up in here and out here, you know, isn't just food. It touches every part of our lives. It's like what I touched on the call about, it touches our careers. It touches mm-hmm. in our confidence. It touches in what we think that we're capable of doing. We don't we have no idea I could talk for hours about helping other women to just come up in the world, but we have no idea what we are capable of because we're so scared mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. these past lives that we've had that we're used to. Yes. And when we come into this power, you better look out because don't get in my way. So I want that every woman who has ever struggled with her weight and her identity and how she feels about herself. I want nothing more than just to embrace the confidence of being you, not just because you lost a hundred pounds, but from the get-go to now.
2: I have chills. I do. So where is this new power going to take you? I know that you're starting a new chapter in your career, but what else do we have going on?
0: Uh, I sort of have to think about that. I made some goals at the beginning of the year to start doing some weight training, and I have not uh made strides in that area. I have, however, made strides in running, so I'm happy about that. Uh I struggle now with because I was an obese person for so long, right? I really struggle understanding what the right weight or the maintenance weight will be for my body and what that looks like.
1: It plays a role. I I, 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 I I'm
0: trying to come to acceptance with that. And I don't know what that looks like yet. And all I have for a barometer of, um, I can't think of the word. How can I not think of a word? Because I'm old and that happens. And I have to (laughs) say that at least one time. Hey, 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 hey. You're like what? 30, 28, 28, 29? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right.
0: 29. Um, If I had to compare, um, and I forgot what I was saying
1: barometer of barometer association with- <laughs> of, of what what's what's a healthy oh, weight a health maintenance place. weight for oh, you maintenance I'm, weight after being obese
0: because i've been obese my whole life i, I don't understand what a uh, uh standard size or healthy person or whatever looks like i agree i have the bmi and that's pretty much it mm-hmm. but Fuck when the I BMI. bmi and i yeah,
1: BMIs.
0: You, i'm not sure about that yeah because when i look at the bmi and i share with somebody according to this bmi I gotta lose thirty more pounds, and people oh. look at me like, "Uh, where's that thirty pounds gonna come from?" BMI
1: doesn't take into account that you have about fifteen pounds of excess skin on you, probably right now.
0: Right.
1: So Possibly. that 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 one that one is huge in and of itself. I think.
2: It. I listen. I, I I've lost two hundred and seventy-eight pounds, and if I check my BMI right now, it tells me I'm still obese.
1: Yeah, you want to hear something funny? My uh, right now, I'm at um I'm at two forty-two after after refeeding. Um, being six one two forty two, my BMI is still 31, which means I'm still considered obese. Yeah, but
0: that doesn't take into effect, you know, that's the whole
1: point. Like, I mean, I have exactly BMI doesn't take anything that doesn't take muscle, doesn't take a lot of things. It's, it's important. Don't get me wrong. Like it's (laughs) still, it's still a frame of reference because again, the average person doesn't have my kind of muscle mass. The average person doesn't have. 20 pounds of excess skin from losing 200 pounds so it's it's a it's a frame of reference that works on a six billion person level like if you look at six billion people it you it's it works but if you look at one person there's a lot of things missing that's why remember it it, it took them
2: almost like 25 years to change the food pyramid so yeah (laughs) so
0: part of that that conversation for me is is one what does it feel like or what will it look like and two (laughs) Right. Now that I see the now that I see the layers peeled back, so to speak, I see a lot of potential for this body, and I would like to see things get stronger, and that is a big desire of mine. So I'm I'm kind of in a you know I'm figuring it out. I'm yep. researching. I'm just exactly. kind of like I'm sort of gliding into it. I'm, i and I'll tell you what too. I think my whole approach this time and this like all the stuff had everything to do with it, but the difference too is this time you know, like when we're like, okay, I'm done with this shit. I'm getting together. I'm going to lose a hundred pounds this year. And then you go hard at it. And then guess what? Not so much. And so the difference for me this time is that I eased into all of it. I, mm-hmm. I really tiptoed my way through keto, through carnivore, through fasting, through OMAD, just dipping my toes in and figuring out what was going to work for me. And the slow progression of my weight loss, I think is why I'm able to be in a good place of not going back and keeping it going in the right direction. Right.
1: So question for you, I, it, it's, I got to preface it cause it's, it's an annoying question, especially inside the weight loss community, but I got to ask cause it goes off of what you were just saying is excess skin rule a part of what you want to do. Are you happy with what you have? Like, cause you were saying you're trying to figure it out, strength training. Um, it, do you want to do excess skin rule? Do you not want to do it? What's, what's kind of where you at?
0: I don't think so. Cool. That's awesome.
2: No, no, I love it. I think that that's incredible to even be honest with yourself and say, hey, this isn't the route I want to take. Because I feel like there's there's people that feel like that's a you have to thing. No. And then there's people that, you know, they kind of say, oh, I don't want to have it. And in the back of their mind, they're only saying that because they feel like they should say it. Someone has to say it right because someone has yeah. to say it but then you know for you to actually say it and be like no i don't i think that that's awesome yeah you know?
0: no i'm really enjoying seeing how things are sort of falling into place if that cool. makes
2: sense. no yeah that, that's
0: and incredible it's not i mean nothing is perfect it's i i believe it is how it is meant to be and yeah and i'm okay with that <laughs> i
1: emotional. mean it's 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 always so funny because you can take me who I've, I've had two major excess skin removal surgeries and I could sit here and go, you know what? My wings are still just a little too flappy. If I could just get a little more here and oh my God, my nipple is just a little big. If I get the nipple just a little bit smaller and it's like, you can play this game for freaking ever. Please don't ever I squeeze your nipple I'd on here again, ever again, by the way.
0: I'd like to thank you.
1: For all of you listening to audio, you want to go on YouTube to see me squeeze my nipple. <laughs> I'm on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. That's gonna make a uh, demo episode <laughs> right there.
0: No, oh, but I think there's. I think that's a good thing to discuss too. Is the fact mm-hmm. that people that have sort of the mentality that we do might have those feelings after that because we're constantly looking for like what's next. The
1: imperfection. The that's same right. same shit. Right. Diff- mm-hmm. Same shit. Different day.
0: Exactly. Right.
2: And I think that there's some people that think, again, like, a lot of us come from a place of we need that public acceptance. And yeah. I think that there's people that when they, they go through the weight loss journey, and they're very successful with it, they feel like they have to get this the excess skin removed, because it's, that's how the public is going to accept me, you know, it's going to bring everything together. And then for the first time in my life, I'm going to be this person that I thought I was, well, you don't realize you are this person right now, you just have a little extra skin, and it doesn't make a difference,
0: exactly. you know,
2: and it's just a conversation that you have to have with yourself.
0: 100%. Now, I, I will say that, like, you know, you two have obviously had this surgery. And yes. so I am I, with you and for you. And I support you in that Thank because you. that was important for you to do. Mm-hmm. There are people who do have, uh, you know, issues that need to be addressed with this removing of the skin for skin infection issues or for right. just life quality of life issues, you know. And so um, and I support that, whatever anybody's choice is. But for me, I feel like, you know, I've had kids like this is getting great. It is what it is. I'm grateful and that's how it's gonna be. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. your your primary focus is health, not necessarily aesthetics. Yeah.
0: No, honey, I got the aesthetics down. <laughs>
2: it's that confidence. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Maggie, um, we are going to start to wind this one down. I appreciate you coming on today. But before we do, I do have a couple of questions for you. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, let's do it. Uh, first and foremost, if you could go back in time and talk to little Maria, what would you go back and tell her? She has no idea what's going to happen. This incredible journey you're going to go on. What would you tell her?
0: I think I've answered this question many times in therapy. I think the answer is very simple. I don't know that she could receive this message at that time, but I would tell her, just love yourself right now as you are, not any other time, just as you are right now. You are good, you are special, there's only one of you.
2: I love that answer. Uh, Maggie, if you could give three pieces of advice to the people listening at home and they don't necessarily have to be about weight loss, what would they be?
0: Mm-hmm. Three pieces of advice. I'll just take them from my three pieces that were important for my journey, I guess. Um, the, the hardest and best work you're ever going to do is going to come from getting out of your comfort zone. Number one, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Number two, get your ass to therapy because no matter who you are or what perfect life you've had, you're struggling for a reason and you need to be heard and you need to know that it doesn't have to be like that for the rest of your life. It's a choice. And number three, every day, all you can do no matter what your day is looking like is do a little bit better than the day before. Don't throw it all in the can. Just keep going a little bit better than the day before.
2: Amazing. Compound effect. Yeah, you are an amazing person. Like I've been saying this whole podcast, you are a shining guiding light and I truly appreciate it. And I appreciate you being on the show today and making some time to have a discussion with us. Uh, Where can people find you online if they wanna connect?
0: Sure. Um, I am, uh, I'm only on Instagram, and my handle is Maggie's Keto, M-A-G-G-I-E-S-K-E-T-O, Maggie's Keto. Thank you so much for inviting yeah. me to come on. I am so appreciative of what you guys have built with ALG and the community, and having everybody in my life has enriched it more than I can tell you. It is a huge part of my practice, and the calls on uh, Wednesday nights, are, you know, unless I'm having some kind of crazy like situation going on are paramount to part of my practice. I make that time because it's really important for me to stay on, on key with that. And I'm so grateful for you for building that platform and bringing everyone together and letting us have a place to feel like we're not judged and we're not alone because we need a lot of that for the rest of our journeys, which for most of us will probably be until we take our last breath
2: truth thank you for thank that. you both. thank you thank you um guys if you would like to join us on the alg community call you could do that each and every wednesday night at 8 30 eastern standard time 5 30 pacific and that is an absolutely free call please follow the link that will be posted on the bottom of this video if not that is accountable and it's as simple as that you can purchase the accountable life journal on amazon.com there will also be a link for that Thank you and if you could kindly please five-star and rate the pod five-star rate and review the podcast. If I could just bang that out correctly, we are reading those and we will be having a giveaway for the accountable life journal. And it will have to do with the reviews that are posted online. So stay tuned for that. There'll be more about that soon, guys. Thank you. Both of you. Thank you for being here today. Um, David, I don't thank think you we for being on time today, John. I don't think we have much more to say other than that. So, from my heart to your heart, David GFY, and uh, Toodles. the rest of your day. Stay beautiful, stay sexy, stay accountable. Bye, guys.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.